Good morning, Grace Church. Great to see you all. Hope you are uh, blessed and doing well today. I am excited uh, to dive into this three-part series that we are starting today. It's called Pray. And so we are going to be diving into the, uh, the topic, the discussion, and uh, what the Scripture talks about prayer. And I want to welcome you all here to Grace Church this morning. My name is Justin Ross. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace. And the reason I'm excited about this series is because I believe God is going to use this series in your life and in your prayer life especially to reawaken, to rekindle the fire of God in your life. Some of you have plateaued in your faith. Some of you have um, stopped asking God for big things in your life. Some of you have maybe lost that belief that all things are possible through Christ. And so this series um, is going to try to rekindle that, to re-spark that fire within your soul, within your spirit. Maybe your, your faith this morning is on life support. Maybe you've been allowing fear or the circumstances around your life to um, distract you from hearing from God. I'm excited about this series because... It's going to be that spark that reignites the passion within you for prayer. It's going to lead you to pray bold prayers again. And I'm excited about that. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this. It's going to lead you to pray believing. It's going to lead you to pray with passion. And it's going to remind you that God is ready. And He is listening. And He's ready to act on your behalf. When you pray. Woo! That's good, Justin. I'm excited for this series. I am too. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be good. Throughout this series, we're going to look at some very bold prayers in the Scriptures. And these are not easy prayers. These are not safe prayers. These are not benign prayers. These are dangerous prayers. They're they're dangerous prayers in a good way. You know, I, I, would, I would go out on a limb this morning and I would say that the majority of us, maybe the majority of even Christians, when we pray, we, we pray very safe prayers. We pray prayers, uh, Lord, Lord, protect us. Lord, bless us. Lord, keep us safe. Lord, provide for us. And those are all very good prayers. There's nothing wrong with those prayers. They're very good prayers, but they're very safe. And throughout this series, I'm going to arm you with some prayers that are not very safe to pray. When you pray these prayers, you're going to be asking God uh, to do things in your life that will take you out of your comfort zone. But I believe that life really begins when you're outside of your comfort zone. And today, we're going to look at a prayer that David prayed in Psalm 139. This is a book in the Bible in the Old Testament. King David, he was referred to as the shepherd king. Um, He was a shepherd boy, and he became the king of Israel. And he had a love for God, and he had a love for people. And he was a songwriter, and he was a mighty warrior. But he wrote this psalm in Psalm 139. And David prayed this prayer after his enemies were accusing him of having the wrong motives. He was trying to do the right things. He was trying to live the right way. But his enemies were accusing him of having the wrong intentions, having the wrong motives. 
I don't know if you've ever been falsely accused. You don't have to raise your hand this morning. But boy, it is heartbreaking it, it, when you experience that type of betrayal or when you feel those false accusations. It can be a heavy weight. And David was feeling that weight and he wrote this song in Psalm 139. But you know, instead of trying to defend himself, David went to God in prayer and he prayed this very dangerous prayer. David asked God to search his heart. He's having these accusations against him and so he said, God, search my heart. And uh, Psalm 139 will introduce this bold prayer from David. Let's, let's read verses 23 and 24 of Psalm 139. David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I'm going to ask us all to just read that prayer together aloud. And, and, and my purpose is, the reason why I want us to do that is I want our hearts to be moved towards prayer And so it's going to be on the screen behind me. And if you would join me, we're going to read that together. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, in order to to understand this, this prayer better, I'm going to break it down for us this morning, and we're going to look at the different parts of this prayer. And I believe, once again, this prayer will equip you um, in your prayer life. I'm hoping that many of us will make this prayer a regular part of your prayer life, that you will pray this continually. The first thing that David prays is this. He says, number one, if you're taking notes, I highly encourage you to do that. But number one is, search my heart. Search me, O God. And know my heart. You might be thinking to yourself, why do I need God to search my heart? Like, I actually think I'm a pretty good individual. I think I'm a pretty good person. I've done some really good things this week. I'm I'm a pretty good dude. I'm a pretty good gal. I, I don't need God to search my heart. Actually, without Christ, you don't have a good heart. We don't have a good heart. The prophet Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. He said, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Without Christ, our heart is not a good heart. We deceive others. We we deceive ourselves. We often lie to ourselves. We often lie to others. We deceive ourselves. And we don't even know how bad we are. Our hearts are deceitful. Our hearts are truly wicked. We we lie to ourselves. We're like, man, I I don't eat too much. You know, I I eat like a bird. Yeah, big bird. You know, like we lie to ourselves. Man, I'm going to only have one drink. I'm going to have one drink. And then two, and then too many drinks, you know, and we're drunk now. Or, uh, I'm not full of pride. Shoot, man. I just can't help it that I'm better than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Man, I'm not full of pride. I'm not a gossip. I never gossip. I'm just telling people about others so that they can more effectively pray for them, you know? That's that, I'm not a gossip. You know, the, the heart is deceitfully wicked, 
above all things. And it's a really dangerous prayer. It's a bold prayer when we say, search my heart, O God. Show me what is in there. Search my heart, God. And when we pray this prayer sincerely, and when we listen for God to speak to us, you can hear from God about what's really going on in your heart. It's incredible. You can hear from God. This is such a bold prayer because sometimes God will reveal things in your heart that you don't really want to be in there. It's dangerous because He'll show you things that you're like, oh man, I actually don't want to deal with that. I don't want to know that. He may reveal to some of you that you're faking it. That you're pretending. He may reveal... uh, that you're pretending to be a follower of Jesus when you're really not a follower of Jesus Christ. Or maybe, you know, he'll reveal that you're faking it. Like, man, when, when you're with your parents, when you're with your teachers, you're, you're a, a certain individual, you act a certain way. But man, when you get around your friends, you're somebody that's completely different. Maybe he'll reveal that you're faking it. Like when you're with your athlete friends, you're, you're somebody else. And then when you're with your church friends, you're you're somebody completely different. When you're with your girlfriends, you say and do things a certain way, but man, when you're with, once again, your church friends, it's it's just a different lifestyle. You're you're faking it. Maybe God will reveal that. When you pray this prayer, God will oftentimes reveal your sinfulness and your need for God. And And the whole purpose is for God to draw you closer to Himself. When you ask God to search your heart, it's a dangerous prayer because He will show you things in your heart that are not pure, that are not right. And He's not doing this to be cruel. He's doing this to have deeper intimacy with you, to have a deeper relationship with you. And then His Holy Spirit has the opportunity to transform you, to conform you into the image of of Jesus Christ. It's not a safe prayer. It's a prayer that can help you become closer to God. David prayed, search my heart. And then David prays another bold, non-safe prayer. David essentially prays this, number two. He he prays that God would reveal his fears. All right, look at it. Look at the verse uh, 23, Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Man, so many things can can cause us to be afraid, can cause us to be anxious. And when David prayed this prayer, he's not talking about like snakes and spiders, all right? Man, spiders, ugh. Man, I'm afraid of spiders, all right? I shouldn't have told you that, but I I am. But uh, that's not what David is talking about. But what is it that makes you anxious, that makes you fearful. So many people are controlled by fear. So many people are are restless. They lose sleep. They're, They're bothered daily by anxious thoughts. Being anxious. Their 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 anxiety is out of control. So many people controlled by fear. The fear in us can be caused by so many different things. It can be caused by overwork. You're just 
You have so many irons in the fire that you have no time to spend with God. You have no time to spend with your spouse, with your family. You don't have any time to, uh, for recreation to go and just play and to, to uh, enjoy the creation of God. Like You're just overworked. Anxiety and fear can be caused by family issues. Man, you're going through a relational issue. Maybe it's a rebellious child. It can be caused by lack of sleep or financial struggles. Maybe you just found out that you have an illness. Maybe it's that dead end or that hopeless feeling, and and it can stir up these anxious thoughts and these fears. Maybe you're afraid of losing your job, or maybe you're anxious about not getting married at a certain age. Maybe you're afraid that the marriage you're in won't get any better. Maybe you're afraid of the unknown. You're afraid of what tomorrow might bring. Afraid of failing. You know, some people are afraid of succeeding. Why why would we ask God to show us our fears or our anxious thoughts? Why does that matter? Here's, Here's why it's important. Often where we fear the most is where we trust God the least. I'm going to read that again. Often where we fear the most is where we trust God the least. I'm I'm afraid that I won't be able to pay my bills. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe you're not trusting God to be your provider. I'm afraid my my marriage isn't going to work. I'm afraid it's going to fail. I'm not trusting God with my marriage. I'm, I'm afraid of... Uh, of losing my children. I'm afraid that harm will come to my children. I'm not trusting God with my children. What you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. God, reveal my fears. Test me and show me where my anxious thoughts fall. This is, a, this is a very bold and dangerous prayer. This is important because as followers of Jesus Christ, we cannot be driven by fear. The only thing we should fear is God Himself. Other than that, we should be the most fearless people on the planet. We cannot be driven by anxiety. We cannot be driven by fear. We have to be driven by faith. We cannot let our fears keep us from being obedient. And I know, I know that sometimes God has led you to do something that is way outside of your comfort zone and it was fear that kept you from doing it. He led you to take a step of faith. He led you to make a decision. He led you to to have a conversation, to maybe confront an individual. He led you to start a new business. Whatever it may be, He he led you to write a song. He, He led you to do something, and it was fear that held you back. It was fear that kept you from stepping out in faith. We cannot let fears keep us from being obedient. So what do we do? It seems like just so open-ended, open-ended. You know, it's like, Lord, reveal to me my fears. And then he shows me my fears, and it's like, ah, okay, like, what do I do with that now? What do I do with all these fears and all this anxiety? We combat, we fight against our fears, our anxiety, 
with the truth of God's word. We allow the scripture, we allow the truth of God to renew our minds, to wash our minds, to cleanse our minds. And we begin to quote scripture to ourselves and we learn this scripture. We, we, uh, <clears throat> we apply it and we learn it and we hide it in our heart and we, we quote it out loud and we say, perfect love casts out all fear. And then we say, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Who doesn't want a sound mind? Who doesn't want power? Who doesn't want love? And you, you quote that and you combat your fears with the truth of God's word. I double dog dare you to pray this prayer every day this week. See what it does. See what it does. Search my heart, O God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. You see, what you fear matters. It reveals where you're not trusting God. What you fear matters, and fear will keep you from experiencing the fullness of God. I've I've shared this with you in probably a variety of different ways, but one of my fears, I didn't realize it until... I was married and, and I had our, our first son, but I, I don't like flying. That's one of my fears. I hate flying. I get on a plane and we're like crammed, you know, in this little tube and I don't know who the pilot is. I'm like, has he been drinking the night before, you know? I don't even know his name and he's going to be going 500 miles an hour at 32,000 feet. Like, this is so scary. You know, I don't like this. But I have had to learn to step through that fear. And I get on a plane, even to this day, and I have experienced some amazing things because I've been able to walk through that fear. Man, what what is it that you are afraid of? What is it that causes anxiety within you? And I encourage you to step through that fear, to step through that anxiety, and experience all the fullness of God that He has for you. Take a step of faith. Do what God is calling you to do. And it's not a safe prayer. It's not a, ooh, that, that's a fuzzy feeling prayer. No, this is, a, this is a bold prayer. When you pray this prayer, God will reveal things in your heart that you may not have been willing to acknowledge for years. But remember, most often we lie to ourselves. Our heart is deceitful. We deceive ourselves. We lie to ourselves. And so when we say, search my heart, O God, reveal, test me, show me, God does amazing things through it. This gets even a little more difficult. By the way, when we, uh, we were traveling in uh, South Africa, we flew into Johannesburg, and then from Johannesburg, we were going to take a flight to Umtata. That was the and, and the plane that we got on was the smallest plane that I think I've ever been on. And the nose of the plane had dents all over it. And I was like, what are we running into? I want to know before I get on this plane, okay? What's caused these, all these dents, you know, on the nose of this plane? And we got on the plane, we landed in Umtata, and it was, it was great. But I never found out. Was it birds? Aliens? I don't know. What was it? Okay, wow, I got off track. Number three, David prays, point out my sins. 
This is where it gets even more difficult. I love the courage that David had to pray such a bold prayer. David prays, search me, O God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. And then he says, point out anything in me that offends you. Father, show me anything about my life that is inconsistent with your truth, that is inconsistent with your word. Show me anything that I'm doing that is displeasing you, that is uh, not bringing you glory. Is there anything in me that offends you? And I'm going to be right up and honest with you. I'm scared to pray this prayer sometimes because I'm afraid the list is going to be too long, right? He's going to say, okay, do we have enough time, Justin, to go through the list here? Is there anything in me that offends you? You know, isn't it fascinating? (laughs) Isn't it fascinating that we, that it's more difficult to see our own sin in the mirror, but it's so easy to see everybody else's sin? Isn't that crazy? We, we tend to accuse others, but we excuse ourselves. Remember, the most common lies are the ones that we tell ourselves. That, that why, that's why it takes tremendous courage to say, God, point out in me anything in my heart that offends you. Point it out. And in order to pray this prayer, you're going to have to have that desire to want to make it right. Point it out in me, God. What offends you? Man, this can be a game changer when we give God permission to point out the sin that is dwelling in our hearts. I read a quote from a friend of mine this past week, and it it really spoke to me. I wanted to share it with you, but it it went like this. It said that the sin that is most destructive in your life right now is the one that you're most defensive about. The sin that is most destructive in your life right now is the one you're most defensive about. Oh no, we're not going there. We're not talking about, don't you judge me. Don't judge me. I don't have a problem. Man, I'm fine. I don't, there's nothing wrong. I don't have a problem. Back off. We're not going there. You know, what are you defensive about? That, that's probably the sin that's really, really destroying you. What are you trying to explain away? Where are you in denial? Man, it's, it's amazing what can happen when we give God permission to reveal the brokenness in our hearts. God will point some things out to you. God will point something out to you that's been maybe living in there for a really long time. And God uh, will show you things that you've been in denial of, that you've been trying to run from. And I just want to encourage you, submit yourself to what God is trying to show you. And when God shows us sin in our lives, we need to confess it. You're like, okay, we talked about fear and what we do with our fears when God shows us. So what about sin? What do we do with our sin when God shows us? And I want to encourage us to do two things. We, first of all, we confess our sins to God for forgiveness. The Scripture says if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's awesome. So we confess our sins to God for forgiveness. 
And then the Scripture teaches that we confess to people for healing. I have to be honest with you. Sometimes when you're confessing your sins, when I've confessed my sins to God, that's, I feel weird even saying this, but sometimes that's actually been an easy step for me. But when it comes to confessing my sins to another human being face to face, ooh, Nelly. The stakes have just risen. This is, this is getting really difficult. We confess our sins to God for forgiveness, and then we confess to people for healing. The Scripture says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I'm just going to ask this morning, how, how many of us, don't raise your hands, just in your heart, how many of us have ever confessed sin to, to another brother in Christ or to another sister in Christ? How many of us have ever said, you know what, man, I am struggling with this or I'm struggling with that or I looked at this or I did that or my heart, God revealed this wickedness in my heart and I need your accountability. I need your prayer. I need your encouragement. And this is why small groups are so vital to Grace Church. Because we come together as part of a community of God and we get together and we pray for one another and we look to the Scriptures and we study the Scriptures, but we also confess to one another. We we build relationship with one another. And when a brother says, man, I am struggling with this, all of a sudden the other brothers in the room go, dang, I'm struggling with the same thing. Oh, he's not perfect? Neither am I. Man, let's, let's help each other. Let's help each other to be better husbands, to be better fathers, to be better friends. That's why small group is so important. By the way, if you are a perfect person, this is the wrong church for you. Okay? Seriously. There are no perfect people allowed. This is a place where imperfect people are being transformed by a perfect God. Man, when we open up our faults to one another and we begin to help each other, it helps us to recognize that we are all in process and we're all journeying towards Christ. Man, these prayers point us to our need for Jesus, our need for His grace. It helps us to remember that my identity has to be in Him. It cannot be in anything else but Jesus Christ. It cannot be in what people think about me. It has to be in Christ. It takes a lot of courage to pray this prayer. And then lastly, David, at the very end of this prayer, he says, lead me. Lead me. Verse 24. He says, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Lead me. Some of you, man, you need God's leadership in your life. Some of us, we've been trying to do it our way for far too long. And I just have to ask you to answer honestly. I'm going to ask you a question. How's that working out for you? When you do things your way. It's usually very destructive. It's usually very selfishly motivated. It usually leaves a wake of of carnage. It, It usually hurts a lot of other people in the process. And so I'm just going to throw out an idea. What if instead 
you started letting God lead you. Instead of always doing it the way you think it needs to be done, allow God to lead you. And I was going to say one other thing too, that you know sometimes when we pray this prayer that David prayed, especially younger Christians, you know, maybe there's big sins, you know, that he reveals to us and we start to deal with those. But oftentimes, those of us that have been following Christ for many years, Jesus will reveal little things in our hearts. And you know what? It's often the little things that are the big things. It's the little things that that grow up into really big things. And so when you pray this prayer, maybe God will reveal some some inconsistencies in, in your walk, in your heart, some little things. And I want to encourage you to deal with the little things. And then this prayer continues. He says, lead me along the prayer of everlasting life. It's really just saying, Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I need your power. Jesus, I need your grace. Jesus, I need your freedom. <laughs> it's... I need your leadership in my life. You know, some of you, uh, before you pray this prayer, you, you need to take that first step of inviting God into your life for the very first time. Some of you, you might be thinking, I, I can't even believe I'm in church right now. And we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. But when you start to seek after God, you're going to recognize your massive need for God. When you begin to search for God, we have God's promise that He will make Himself known to you. When you are truly seeking, those who seek will find. Today, you may recognize, man, I need God's grace. That's where I need to start. I need His forgiveness. And I want to encourage you to take that first step by faith. I want to encourage you to give your life to God through Jesus Christ today. And the only way we can do that is because of what Jesus did on the cross for our sins. You can be redeemed from your brokenness today. When we pray this prayer, it will reveal our greatest needs. It will show us, man, some next steps that we need to take as followers of Jesus Christ. It will help us to conform into the image of His Son. It's a bold prayer. And so this morning, we're going to close out this message by reading this prayer again together. And I want to just ask you to, to, uh, to speak it in a spirit of prayer. But before we do, I'm going to ask you personally, if you would, to take a challenge. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to pray this prayer every day this week. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. However you need to do it. Put it on the mirror in your bathroom. Stick it on your fridge. Put it on your dashboard in your car. Just every day this week, pray this prayer. And then listen to to what God says to you and how God speaks to you. See what He reveals. Listen to what He shows you. Either it's true or it isn't. And so I'm going to encourage you to take the challenge to pray this prayer. Let's let's read this together in a spirit of prayer. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Father God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do a work in us. Lord, as you search our hearts and as you reveal our fears and as you point out our sin and as you just lead us, Father, I pray that we would have a spirit of humility and we would be willing to listen to what you have to say. We would be willing to go where you lead us. We would be willing to do what you lead us to do. Lord, we would be willing to deal with the brokenness that you point out to us. And I just pray, Father, that we would listen to you, that we would hear from you, and we would be obedient in following you. God, I pray for your leadership in our lives. I pray for your leadership in this church, in families. I pray for your leadership in individual lives, Lord. Lead us. We so desperately need you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.